today I want to talk about um, something that happened in a conversation that I had with Luce. Um, it was a bedtime conversation and um, she just came out with a question. Um, and that question is what I want to talk, talk to you about today. Uh, and the question is this, why are we even here? Um, and I thought, wow, what a deep question. <laughs> what a deep question. Uh, why are we even here? This is what Lucy decides to ask me at bedtime. And, and I suppose the question is, is a deep one. It's why are we on earth as human beings? What is being a human all about? Um, is this real? She'd say that kind of thing. Is this even real? What we're a part of? Is it even, even real? Now, I'm kind of claiming this as her to be a real deep thinker. I could be, have been completely duped in that moment because it could have been the, the world's best bedtime delaying tactic ever, <laughs> which I don't know whether you've ever had that when you've put kids to bed at some point and they go, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> Just as you go, it's time to go, it's time to go to sleep now. And they ask you this absolute humdinger of a question. So maybe that's what she was actually doing. But do you know what? The question is brilliant. Why are we even here? And... When she asked me it, she's asked me it a few times, but when she asked me it the last time, I really started thinking about it and thought, do you know what? It is a really great question. Why are we here and what is this all about? And when I think about that, we can come up with a kind of succinct, kind of clear, um, staple answer that, that would satisfy most people. But the reality is, when we look at life, and especially look at history, the answer to that question has potentially changed over the years. Right, so let's get kind of, let's go back to the beginning of time, for instance. And let's almost think, okay, in history, what is the answer to the question of, of, of why are we even here? Well, actually, if, you, if we almost go kind of prehistoric um, and thinking kind of... Um, kind of primitive caveman kind of thing. The reality is the, the, the situation that those kind of people found themselves in, life was really just about existing and surviving. If you can get through the day without being eaten by a wild animal, then it's a win-win. That's what life would have been like. Now, I'll, I'll kind of qualify this. My entire education about cavemen and, and kind of uh, prehistoric life is probably from watching things like um, um, Flintstones. A, yeah, the Flintstones or um, it, I'm going back further beyond the Flintstones. I'm talking about a scene that I saw in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or watching some of the characters in Night at the Museum. That's where I'm getting my information from. But I'm assuming that the way life worked, um, in that simplest form of people who were just on the earth, trying to exist, trying to work out how do I survive, the answer to that question, why are we even here, is very different to what we experience now. And if we go through history, what we see is like an evolution of, of humanity, of why people are here, gradually changes over time. So maybe it moved from just existing in survival, this individual approach, to being more about a transition into building things. So building homes, shelters, uh, building family, building community, building connection with other people. Maybe that became more of the purpose of life that people began to find. Uh, and as, as kind of populations grew, that would have been, become something that was much more important. And as time went on, humanity continued to evolve. Maybe it developed then to become about the opportunity. As you saw more people 
and you saw the needs of more people, maybe you started to think about, actually, my life has an opportunity to impact others. Maybe it became about the possibility of inspiring other people. So you can see how the answer to that question um, changes over time. And maybe where we land now is this greater understanding, this wider perspective that says maybe people have found there to be an importance in having a depth of experience of life. That now we've got so many things that can stimulate us that we, we crave depths of experience, whether that's depth of relationship or, or, or just sensational experiences. We can crave that kind of stuff because maybe we once had that and feel like we want to get that again in our lives. And this term which it mentions in the Bible, the fullness of life, That's kind of what people are craving to try and experience now, the fullness of life, all the different experiences of life. But do you know what? As I try and plot it out through history and say, I can see how it's evolved and changed as as, as humans and humanity have evolved and changed. The reality is, though, these things aren't limited to moments in history. We will still experience those kind of variations and those variants today. And sometimes what happens is we make a change in our lives that pushes us back into some of these things. So something might happen for us, you might change your job, or you might have a change in your relationships, or it might be that you physically move to a new place. That changes the way you function in life. Because maybe um, you go back to that stage where you're looking to start building community again, building connection again, building relationships again, because that's the thing that, that you've left behind somewhere or that has shifted and changed, and you need to find that again. So sometimes we can make the decisions that lead us to that. But other times, things can happen that are out of control and change our reality as a result. Maybe it's a tragedy that happens Maybe it's a diagnosis that happens. I can't look away from the situation in Gaza at the minute and say the reality of those people experiencing war, the the question of why are we even here and what's important in life is entirely different when you're going through some of these tragic, difficult, truly life-challenging moments. So people in Gaza at the minute are jumping back to that stage where they're going, I just hope that today I will survive. That my drive to keep existing is what is the the forefront of my mind. I'm not really looking for these, these sensational experiences that will give me the fullness of life because I'm worried that me and those close to me and my loved ones may not make it through the day. That's happening in our here and now. And that also happens in our stories of what we go through in life. Something happens, something changes. And our our reality and our perspective no longer becomes fixated on on the kind of um, the pleasantries of life. But instead, we start thinking about, um, I don't know, just just the the simple things. I know when my my brother passed away, I was what... um, 22 I think I was when that happened and what I found in that moment was my entire reality shifted because he died in a car accident it was a sudden tragic death and I found that having that news my entire world turned upside down and in that moment I didn't really care about what was on tv or what I was having for tea 
that night. You know, the stuff that's really important usually in your life that you end up thinking, it's gladiators tonight, so I need to make sure we're back in time, that kind of stuff. Like, th- that stuff, even, even I'm, a, I'm a passionate football fan. I didn't care about the football scores. And, and that's because something happened that shifted my reality that just says, no, so, there's something way bigger here. And this whole perspective of just existing and surviving just became my core drive and my core need. So we can be shifted out, kind of outside of our control into times where we, we see that question of why are we even here as, as something completely different. And I suppose what we've got to understand is that we will shift into different phases depending on what life throws at us. That's the reality, isn't it? And that can be a challenge in itself. Um, and for me, from what I've learned about life, we will experience those moments where we're struggling, where we feel like we're trudging through the valley, those, those low points in life. But also, we'll experience times in our life where it feels like moments of real exhilaration. Where it's almost like we're standing on the top of a mountain. And it's like everything that we thought we were made to be is being realised in these moments. And those often are the things that we crave, aren't we? The, the moments that we crave, that, that experience, that feeling that we crave of being on the top of that mountain. But the reality with both of those things, whether you're trudging through a valley or you're standing on top of the mountain enjoying um, this moment, all of those times do pass. All of them do pass. They're not permanent states that we stay in. We don't permanently stay in the valley. We don't permanently stay on the mountaintop. Where we mainly exist is this middle bit. Right? Mainly exist as in the vast majority of our, our time and our lives is in the middle bit and it's called the ordinary. The ordinary bit. And, and that is a challenge in itself. Just learning how can I do the ordinary bit well? How can I be okay in the ordinary bit? Sometimes you might call it and describe it the mundane because that sometimes feels what it's like. And, and I think the problem is sometimes when we're just in the ordinary stage of life, maybe we're stuck in a routine. And, and if, if your life revolves basically around, which probably most of ours does, I get up, I go to work in order to earn some money um, so that I can come back and then pay the bills um, in order to make sure that I can have this life. And then if there's anything left over, maybe we can have a little treat. But then I go to bed and then it starts again. That can be tough. That can be hard because sometimes we can feel like this isn't particularly the most exciting or dynamic or rewarding or, or, or like most um, exciting thing that we can do with our lives. Sometimes we can feel like we're just existing. It's almost like we're going back to that primitive state of just surviving and existing. Especially in times like we've been through, coming through things like the pandemic and then going into things like a cost of living crisis. Sometimes we look at the reality of situations and we can feel trapped. We can find it difficult. So sometimes we feel like we're just existing, just surviving, that we're just another cog in a wheel of society that needs to just keep turning. And it's really easy to, to, to feel like we're stuck. But do you know, when I think about God, and when I think about what God thinks of us and wants for us as human beings, I'm convinced that he has a role for us to play in this world that goes beyond just um, you kind of settling for, well, this is just my routine. 
There's got to be more. There's got to be more that he has for me and for you to do. I think he has loads for us to do from the basics of caring for our planet, from looking after ourselves and each other, speaking up in those times against injustice and things that are wrong, stepping in to help those in need, giving a voice to the people who don't feel like their voice is heard, inspiring other people to do the same kind of things that we're talking about there. Surely that's the kind of stuff that God would want to do. And if we want to simplify it into just two words, maybe what God wants us just to do is to love, to love people and to be love in situations that we find ourselves in. There's an amazing passage in in Matthew 5. Jesus is delivering this um, Sermon on the Mount to all of these people who've gathered to hear what he's got to say. And the Sermon on the Mount, you find it in Matthew 5, and it is just littered with absolute gold dust of Jesus's perspective on loads of different things. We need to read it in the moment that it was written, that he was speaking to people in a particular moment in time in history, um, people who um, fought, uh, fought certain things. The laws were maybe a bit different to where they were, but, but it's golden stuff that we can uh, pick up on. And he talks uh, about um, this whole idea of, of what we should be doing as human beings. Uh, and the, t- the, the passage, this bit of the passage is entitled Salt and Light. It's verses 13 to 16. I'm going to read you it in the message translation because I love the way it puts it. It says this. Let me tell you, and this is Jesus speaking. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you up, um, now that I've, where is it? Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. Um, It's easy to disqualify ourselves, isn't it, when we think about that kind of stuff. Um, It's easy to think, well, the thing is, yeah, I get it. You're saying that I should be someone who kind of steps out and makes a difference to the lives of other people, that, that brings light into a room. But maybe you just sit there and go, well, I'm not good enough for that. I don't think I'm gifted enough. Well, I would say, in what I've seen in life, is that every single person is, has got skills and abilities and a personality and a character that can make a difference to the lives of other people. It doesn't all have to look like you stepping up and doing something grand and big in front of lots of people. It's actually just about you using your personality, your skills uh, and your gifts to connect with the people that are in your lives. And when people disqualify themselves and say they're not good enough, they're not gifted, I believe that's simply not true. Because I don't think there's a standard that anyone needs to hit in order to be acceptable to be used. I think God just wants us all just to play our part. So we're each gifted with a unique personality and skills that enables, enable us to have an impact. And do you know what? When we can do that, we can bring out flavour 
in our own ways. We can all be light bringers in the situations that we find ourselves in. So the basic question that I wanted to ask you today is when we think about that question, why are we even here? I want you to think about your life and your contribution. This isn't about a pressure of saying, are you contributing enough? But actually, what are you contributing? And when we think about that concept of how we can be people who bring out the God colours in the world or bring out the God flavours in this world, my question is, how can you begin to bring out those things, those God colours and those God flavours in this world? Now, you don't need to kind of tell anyone else what the answer is. My suggestion to you this week is open a dialogue with God about that and talk to him about that. Ask him for the opportunities for you to bring that flavour and that colour into situations. Where might you already be existing where actually he could use you even more? And sometimes it's just a case of engaging with him and asking him to show you stuff where you can begin to make a difference. I believe without there being a pressure, there's another great verse in the Bible that talks about um, that God's yoke is easy and his burden is light, which basically means what God is expecting of us is not um, heavy and not difficult for us to do. It's easy, but it's just about doing it in collaboration and connection with him. So my encouragement to you today is don't discount yourself. Connect with God and, and do whatever you can in collaboration with him to bring out those God colours and those God flavours in the world. And if you're worried about it, yeah, talk to someone else about it, but talk to him and dialogue with him about it because I think that's the stuff that begins to make the real difference. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you for this time together. I pray as we ponder this stuff that you'd help us to see the places where you could really begin to shape us and use us and ultimately just make a difference to people that we come across and to love those people in our lives. Um, God, we need help sometimes with that because it can be difficult, but, but you're the best person to support us and guide us. So I just pray that you'd be really present um, and you would really help us to, um, to really put that stuff into action. And if we're feeling that we're struggling with that stuff, God, place the right people around us to help us to do it. Um, Because, God, we we know that we're not on our own. uh, And I pray that we just uh, really feel that this week. Um, So be close, be present, and uh, just guide us in everything that we do. Amen. Cool. Thank you, everyone.